you and my brothers, I'd never be like, oh, they're men. Like, no, you guys aren't. I just started it. Oh, perfect. <laughs> so if everybody thinks that you sound like what you look like, Dennis does not sound like what he looks like. I don't think that's uncommon in, in this realm. Of potting. Potting. We need a new name. I don't like podcast because I feel like we're trying to be like everybody else podcasting. I feel like we need to come up with our own unique name. Well, what is it? I mean, we have a, we have a name, but what, what we're doing, I mean, to me, it's therapy. This isn't a podcast. Nobody could listen to this and I still feel better about myself. I think we, we focus on that aspect. And then once we get our first check for a million bucks, then we'll, we'll call it a podcast. How about that? You have no idea the things I would do if that was the route we were taking. Well, cheers. Cheers. We, uh, we literally a year and almost two months ago said we were going to start to get on a better, better, uh, cycle of doing these. Oh my God. And well, now we're here. It's been so long. I feel like, and it was just a year ago. Yeah. I'm going to blame the pandemic. We were pretty strict for a while there and and I just kept being like looking around going what, what's going on what's going on and all of a sudden once Florida laxed I'm like we got to do something different this is stupid yeah so th- that's when I think we got it the second time and then we were like you know what let's just ride doesn't yeah. mean like I'm running around like licking doorknobs but that only happens on Sundays so you won't have to do that anymore, my friend. I'll do it enough because I'll apologize to nobody who listens to this because I sound, um, I haven't gotten all the demons out and I think my germ-infested son got me sick and I feel like I've had a cough. You know, like the kids get sick and everybody's like, oh, kids have germs. Sure, they get sick a lot, but I also feel they get better 10 times faster. Like, okay, maybe max a week and they're better. I feel like I've been sick for four years. Like the demons, I'm trying to get them out. I might need to go see a priest. But you have a cough, right? Well, it's like a, yeah, sure. Let's go with that. It's like a cough, but like congestion overall. But there's no fever. It's not like, oh, you have the flu. So I don't actually have anything, but I have everything. But you go into like a doctor's office and... They ask if you have X symptoms that correlate with coronavirus. You're like, yeah, I have a cough. My kid has been coughing for four weeks. Or you check all the boxes and I'm like, oh, I also seem to have brain cancer. Like every single symptom leads to everything else. We're going to remove your colon, ma'am. Um, no, I, j- I just have congestion. But you checked all the boxes. Okay. So I told you when I got here, I'm currently being held together in life by chewing gum and paper clips. So I take a bunch of medicine in the morning to get myself rolling because I have no time for anything outside of my jam-packed schedule of work, the kids, the meetings, the events, all this other crap. And these new Alani new energy drinks, Cherry Slush is my favorite flavor. It has no sugar, but it's super sweet. It tastes like a Slurpee, and we all know that I love Slurpees. So that's how it also has 200 milligrams of caffeine. So I'm shooting off like a rocket, and around 3 p.m., I've been blacking out. But we work from home, so nobody knows yet. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty brand loyal to Celsius. Have you ever had a Celsius? I was told I couldn't have more than two of those in a day. Yeah, I only do one. I'm not going to go beyond that, but... That is the only thing I found, even though I'm tr- attempting to drink a Dunkin' Donuts coffee right now. Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, the Dunkin'. Um, that wakes my brain up now. So what's the difference between, it's just, Celsius is just a regular energy drink? Well, it, I think it claims a lot of the same thing that one like, does. we're but, all natural. Yeah, but like, there's no way. And when it says zero sugar and it's still sweet, this what, one is what's in there? Incredibly, like... Will tasted it and was like, oh my God. But is it like candy? Well, it can't be because there's zero sugar. No, Uh, but the taste, you mentioned it tasted good. Like I don't like very, very sweet things. The ones I drink taste like oranges and one tastes like berries. And there's some ones that they make that aren't bubbly, which are not my favorite, but I drink those anyway. They almost taste like tea, but it's all through Celsius. Celsius was the very first company 
that was giving out free samples and I drank one. Now and, we're getting to the bottom of how you were acquired by this company. Yeah, but I that's never worked for me. Like normally I'm like, no, get away. Like I don't want that. Or I try like, Ugh. like I tried it. It was before an event at uh, what's that workout place in South Tampa that everyone goes to? Camp. They had a uh, like a uh, market, and we went there, and there were Celsius girls walking around. I'm like, yeah, I'll try it. I'm pretty tired, and it worked. It was you, like crack. You know what we need? I can't wait. I really hope when my kids are older, instead of oh, they had Celsius girls. I want my daughter to be like, oh, my God, did you see Celsius? They had the hottest Celsius guys walking around. I mean, that's that's brilliant. Like, from a marketing standpoint, at all the conventions I go to, they always have, like, the boobs walking around where it's just, like, they're paid help. Oh, my gosh, yeah, this is what we do. Come talk to us. But at some point, I really, with all the women in the market, you would think they're going to change their tune, and I cannot wait. But And then I we're going to go through the opposite of the Weinstein issue and it's going to be reversed and I'm I'm pretty sure we'll get away with it. Yeah, but I don't know if even women want to see a bunch of dudes walking around in like skin tight things like acting all funny. No, there's a there's a better way to do it. Right. So you have to look very rugged like they would look like cowboys. It's not like the women where you just want to see the skin. The women are attracted to more of like the energy. So like really strong muscular guys, almost like the entrance to an Old Abercrombie and Fitch, my friend, but less of the skunk smell. Well, Abercrombie and Finch, Fitch, Fitch, Fitch. I don't know. I feel like that's even taboo now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I just saw they made a documentary about it, about the downfall of Abercrombie. Yeah. I think it's on Netflix. I I worked there and I was not uh, model material, so... Uh, I had to sit in the back and just fold clothes. Wait, I didn't know they didn't hire people that were not model material. I thought that was like no. So they hire check the box. No, they hire the quote unquote models that greet. I want to say they may have even called them greeters, but the uh, the quasimodos of us had to sit in the back and just fold clothes. But mind your business. But you had to be, I think, of the caliber that if you walked out of the back, you didn't scare anybody. Mm. So I was this in-between Quasimodo model person. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, it worked. Actually, what was really good about that job is I learned how to fold clothes, and it sounds silly, but it was my freshman year in college, and I folded clothes all day, and I really didn't know how to do it that well before it. So it actually is something I still use today, probably more than most of my college classes. So fun fact. Oh, college. Do you have any like college jobs that taught you something more than you think? Oh my God. I don't know Do if I we have time. Do I want to know about that? <laughs> okay. So undergrad, freshman year, I had really high hopes for myself. And those quickly went down the toilet because some of my friends that were in the dorm, when we started to get um, like your progress report before the end of the first fall semester, oh, I'm such an idiot. I would see, I was like, oh my God, I have two D's like what am I gonna do there's no way I can turn this around and my friends I say friends like loosely they were uh probably the antagonist in the story but they um they were like Carly just take a W and I was like no 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 I want to do the opposite of win like what what are you talking about they're like just go to the administrative office and choose which ones you want to drop And you put down a W and you can withdraw from the class. And I was like, I'm sorry, what is this sorcery? So sure as shit, I walked my ass down there on a Thursday and was like, yeah, these aren't looking so good. We're going to go ahead and W this, W that. This is so cute, W. And the lady looked at me like I was crazy. And I just remember my father getting my report card and there was a B and an A. And he was like, "Um, what the hell are you doing? And I was like, what do you mean? I have such a good GPA. And he's like, Carly, you're a part-time student. I'm not paying for a part-time student. You now have to get a full-time job. And I was like, oh my God, I'm a part-time student. Had no idea like repercussions of any of this. Never took a W again, thank God. Um, I was just living life. It was a great moment to put those Ws down. But so the only job I knew I could get immediately, like be a shoe in is my roommate who was a complete disaster of a sophomore when I was a freshman, who clearly I looked up to. 
um, she worked at the cafeteria at the food court and was like, yeah, come in. Like she was just dead weight, like complete stoner, hilarious. But like she's she was not going anywhere in life. Just come in. I'll get you an interview. Rachel will hire you. It's cool. Like, yeah, just come in. I'd never asked what they paid. I never asked what I'd be doing. I was just like, I have to get a job and I have to get one now. You have to help me. I was terrified. She took me down. I don't even remember filling out paperwork. And they gave me a uniform. I had a hideous polo that was like the school colors, a hat, a hairnet, and I had to wear khaki pants, which if you're any type of respectable woman, you do not own a pair of khaki pants or shorts unless you work at Target. So I was scared and had to borrow her khaki pants. She takes me in. I had to report at 7 a.m., mind you, freshman year. You don't get up before like 11. She takes me back and she's like, you just work here now. And she leaves. I look around and I realize I'm in the back part of the kitchen where we make all the fresh cookies. I am surrounded by frozen cookie dough. And they just leave me there for five hours. And I'm like, this is a joke. This is a joke. I have no supervisor. No one taught me how to do anything. There's like industrial size ovens. I'm literally in the fucking Willy Wonka of cookie making at a college in North Carolina that I'm just like, who is running this joint? So mind you, again, my roommate was a stoner. She proceeds to invite me to her hobby. And I remember multiple days where we ended up in the freezer eating raw cookie dough until the end of semester in which I was politely asked to leave the job. <laughs> what part is this transition into the modern day life? <laughs> like, I still have you... <laughs> a strong addiction for cookie dough, so I don't really know. This was not, like, this was not good. So you were baked. and <laughs> you... I was baking and I was baked while baking. And eating cookie dough. In they a, were all pre-shaped. I didn't have to roll anything. They were basically like, you know, the Pillsbury mini bites that you get a tray of and they're all in circles. I, I could draw these cookie doughs for you right now. We had chocolate chip with macadamia nut. We had dark chocolate where like the cookie dough was black and then we had sugar cookie. And nobody checked inventory. Nobody asked us where we were. At, at one point I looked at my roommate and was just like, mm, I think... I think I'm done here. And by Christmas break, I remember they were just like, oh, we don't need we don't need your help anymore. And I took that as like, you're you're done here. I still got paid. I'm pretty sure it was the lowest wage I've ever been paid in my life. But I didn't really care because it was just after classes. I kept my little polo in my book bag. No, I didn't have to like face anybody as the lunch lady. Nobody saw me. And I just got to eat cookie dough. And I was like, are you sure you don't need my help? Cause maybe that you guys have like a volunteer position. Um, but to this day, like the name on the company was Aramark. And I guess that was like the distributing company for the food that like was sent there. But that college lost money when I worked there. Should we tag them in this post? Yeah. Cause they didn't lose money. My college, we probably shouldn't tag my college. We surely could now. Dotson Cafeteria. It's still there, guys. <laughs> but it was great, but no real, like, real-life experience. It just taught me, like, I should probably read the fine print before you, like, opt out of something, you know? Well, you also mentioned, like, talking about waging wages and everything that... Oh, I knew I needed to finish college immediately when I was done there. I was like, right. there's no way. I mean, up there, could have had a really nice double-wide... Um, could have kept my car payment, but like I, that was it. That was it on that wage. Would have probably snuck cookies to take home, but there's nothing from there on. But they probably, did they have anyone that worked for them that had been there forever? Yeah. A really old lady um, with an old lady named like Barbara Deb. And what was so funny is everybody at the college knew her and we would all say hi to her when we were like at the cafeteria. Um, and when she passed away, it was like, I mean, this is a long time ago. We're old now. 
Um, but they did like this huge, she was more recognized and loved by the students than like some of the professors. Like people would be like, whatever. They like brought her presents and she was great. She was always just so nice, but yeah, no real, uh, real world experience or anything from that job. <laughs> that was kind of like an accident that I was forced into. Yeah. I feel like all the first jobs kind of are. I was a, uh, um, that was my first job was Abercrombie. Oh, I'm wrong. I am so wrong. It was Hollister. Oh, it, it was Hollister, Hollister. Was, I feel like was even more snobby. Yeah. Again, I sat in the back and then I would come, I would come out and try to put clothes away. And if you know me, that's a terrible idea because I can barely do it with my own clothes. Um, and I would just stare at girls' clothes because they all look the same to me. Yeah. And just look back and forth, back and forth. Does this one go there? Oh, it looks kind of like it. And I'd put it down and like the manager would be like, no, that's, that's not the right one. This frilly is a little bit different on the front of this frilly. And I'm like, just, can I just fold? Is so I-, I think Hollister and Abercrombie were two of the main, like they are 90% of the reason why a lot of girls when we were in high school, at least in my generation, our generation, had eating disorders. Because we would go into the store and I'd be like, oh, bless my mom's heart. Yeah, I'm a medium. And I would just try to squeeze my forearm into this. Oh, it had to have been like super, super hot cycle, dry, shrunken Hollister shirt with that little logo on it. And I was just like, yeah, it totally fits as I like and being crushed from the inside because it was so tight and then coming out being like how does it look and you can see all the normal why well, I would say normal but the skeleton people wearing their clothes and like it fit them and like trying to play it off and my mom would just look at me and be like um you know what let's just head over to JC Penney's but like honestly their sizes I feel like nowadays it wouldn't fly because of the whole like body inclusive stuff, but like they weren't even like anatomy, like the anatomy of a human, a regular human, I don't think would have fit in those clothes. Like they stopped, I think, at a size eight or a 10 for a girl, which I think a 10 is almost like eight or 10 is like an average size. So, oh my God, it was just so you, there's a lot of like girls with PTSD that will walk by those stores. And like, if you look closely, you'll see them like they start to take t- just, oh, oh my God, keep going, keep going. I can smell the cologne. But we, we at least didn't have the pressure of social media. We had the pressure of like, okay, mm-hmm. I got to figure out how I'm going to look at school. You could still hide back then. Right. But you could just do it in this segment of like eight hours or whatever. Yeah. Like that's when you were noticed or people talked or whatever. And then if they were going to talk shit, you know, you left and they just talked amongst themselves. Now imagine that same mentality that you just mentioned where you're either uncomfortable or whatever. It didn't feel right in your skin. Now you have, we'll call it Susie Q whose parents are millionaires and she's always posting pictures of these places that she's at with these brand new clothes and all this stuff. Yeah. And you're on your phone staring at it never ending imagine what's going on again picture yourself in that mindset but dealing with everything now that's can you imagine i can't i can't i, I think can't that's even why fathom. there's so many that are screwed up it really it is it's a problem it i mean i feel like the last podcast we we did again a year ago this is one of the main things we talked about but you know there, there's a lot going on in your head at that age anyway trying to fit in trying to figure out who you are and now you're trying to compete because mm. you are uh, with all these people. Yeah. And I feel bad. I, I hope that it, it skips our kids' generation. Like, I hope as we go forward before they get phones. So, how, how old is your oldest? She's going to be eight in September. Oh, well, you don't, second you're, you're, grade. You're battling like maybe four years until they potentially get a phone. But they'll have like computer chips by then, which is even more messed up. And then they'll just close their eyes and they'll see their friends doing. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to post. like take out our kids' batteries or something. No, I'm okay with that. Uh, mine will continually have the switch off. I'll be like, <laughs> you can be turned on when you're, it's time to go to school. You can be turned on for Mother's Day and Christmas and your birthdays. Yeah, it's it's intense. But one of the things I wrote down to talk about was... Um, Ooh, you wrote stuff down? I did. I took notes for us. I was super excited. Here we go. Um, 
it'll make you and I, because uh, I think, you know, I've known you well enough since we were little, um, our parenting strategies. I've witnessed at a few birthday parties in the last six months and just, you know, kid interactions, uh, how much better we are as parents compared to other people. Um, just by witnessing some of the things that I'm like, what is happening? There's a, there's a couple in particular that their son is just, he's absolutely awful. He's like, um, what's the kid's name in the omen? Damien. He, but he's very like, you can tell he's thinking he doesn't do it loud, but like, I always keep one eye on him if we're at an event and he's there. Um, he was kicking dirt on some older kid at the baseball field. And just this kid was just like looking at him. And then but his, both parents were there. And, you know, the father was just like, oh, no, don't, no, don't, don't do that. Don't, don't. And I'm like, wow, you really, you really did it. Got him. Yeah. He's, you sh- showed him who's boss. But, like, he'll go up to people and you'll see him, like, charge up. He gets in a fight in every little instance. And I'm just like, both of the parents do well for themselves. However, like, they both have good careers and everything. But they're very aloof when it comes to their kids, whether they get hurt or they're not behaving. And I'm just like, I couldn't imagine not stepping in and not doing something like it was almost to the point where I was going to go grab his kid. Yeah. Um, my theory on children and raising children, it's a, it's like, a, like a skyscraper. So if you build a skyscraper, you know, a hundred stories tall, tall. Yeah. If you mess up the base by like a millimeter, by the time you get to the top, it's like eight feet. Yeah. So, um, I wouldn't say like we're quote unquote strict, but we, if we notice something, we nip it right away because I'm we're attempting to make a base, right? And then that base grows, and eventually it goes off and does its own thing. But if the base isn't there when they get to their teens or their twenties, we're all going to make mistakes. But if we get there and we've missed this whole beginning, then you're off by eight feet, right? And you and I are not helicopter parents by any means, but we have a good foundation for like these are the rules, these are our morals. This is what our family believes in. And then you're going to go to class or school, whether it's kindergarten or whatever grade, and you're going to do those things that we taught you. I feel like that's a strong baseline. So my question is, what the hell are those parents thinking that aren't doing anything? Like, are they just in their mind? Are their kids just like accessories? And you think, or are they just like so tired or exhausted that it's like, no, we're, we're done here. Just get back. Come. I think. Sometimes, and everyone's different. I mean, I'm sure there's just some psychopath kids, but I think sometimes the beginning is missed. So that foundation of, I don't want to say who's boss, but that's kind of missed. And once that's missed, it just becomes this cycle and then they just get tired and it becomes just give them what they want. And then it just keeps going. Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's not easy. I mean, there's so many times where where we'll, we'll have to like, kind of get on them about something and they'll leave the room and you're like what the fuck am I doing like you feel bad but what do you do let's say your kid is gonna go to school with someone and they're having like multiple interactions where this kid is there and their parents are doing nothing at what point like you don't want to be rude to the parents but at the same time it's like hey could you maybe talk to Bobby because he just draw a drew blood on Amy's arm by scratching her like I don't care if you're my best friend if you're which my best friend's kids wouldn't do this but if you were your kid is gonna get yoked if you attack my kid like if there's any physical altercation we're done here um or I'm gonna get the older sibling and be like hey go beat that kid up you turn into mama bear but what do you say when it's like is that your business I think um part of what we do is we especially with like a Sonny, since he understands it better, is if he mentions something that he sees or he's dealing with, we explain to him, like, is that okay? He's like, no. As long as they understand what's going on. But what if you see it as a parent? Oh, I don't, I have a shorter fuse. Okay. So, um, 
like these little kids, it was like a baseball thing. And they were like getting in Sonny's face and throwing stuff at him. And I just walked straight up and I'm like right in their face. I'm like, you guys got to get out of here. And then it wasn't as nice as what I just sounded. And, uh, yeah, it's just, just go away. Like you don't need to be instilling anything that you're doing in my child. Yeah. And back in the day, not too many generations ago, we didn't do half the stuff that we're doing. They always talk about socializing children. Like back in the day, you didn't have a party every weekend. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you were at home, you went to school, you did your family functions, you had a birthday every now and then. Surviving against your siblings. Yeah, but yeah. but now it's like if you don't go to playgrounds on the weekend, it's like you're a bad parent. And I disagree. I want a home base. Yeah. I want a home base where they feel comfortable. And then again, we can do our little trips and stuff, but they're still tiny. They're small beings that are learning a lot. And there's a lot to learn. There's a lot to be aware of. And to assume that, you know, you have to be dragging them around every weekend, every day doing things is to me, I don't think that's right. Because again, two generations ago, we didn't do that. Yeah. I went off on a kid at the playground. He was not my kid. (laughs) I'm not going to apologize either. I would still yell at this kid to his face. But the parents weren't, again, you don't have to be a helicopter parent, but like this guy was clearly on like a work call. His two sons went off. They were probably like eight and six maybe. But the kid was like, TMI, spitting on the slide, purposely putting like his fluids everywhere. And the first time I saw him, I look him dead in his face because my kid was about to get on the playground. And I was like, "Um, you need to stop. And I don't know if he didn't hear me. But the second time he did it, I yelled, sure as shit, at this little boy and was like, you need to stop. That's disgusting. You know what's even worse? His dad didn't even turn around. Or they don't care. Like he and he looked at me again. And because he like saw that I meant business, I was like, because the third time I would have gotten his ass off of there and call CPS. Like, come get me child services. But... He got off like the playset and like went and played somewhere else. Thank God, but it was so gross. It's it's, it's a tough position because then you never know what the other people are going through as well. You don't know what's going on in their life. You don't know what's going on in their relationships. Again, you don't know if the if the kid just has something a little bit off about him. So there's all these assumptions that we yeah, can like make. they're evil. This kid, there wasn't Some... like a disability. This kid was clearly right, right, Damien. Yeah, this was Damien. For yeah, sure. no. But it's it's tough. It's tough because um, you mentioned helicopter parents. I have a mom that is one. She's a friend. Well, I'll call her an acquaintance. But she like when COVID happened, full homeschool. She had programs. She has three kids. They're little and had pro- like academic programs for all three. Here I am over here with the iPad. My kids signing into class. Like she's like, well, what are you guys doing? Um, I bought a bounce house and I put it in the garage because I still have to work so we could pay rent. Um, but you're doing great. Yeah. Yeah. I guess with, so, I mean, I don't want to, I'm not what I'd consider a helicopter parent, but I'm also not one of those parents that let the kids just go run off. Like I can't just go to the carnival at a five-year-old. No, no, no. So, I'm always like an eye. I can, I can at least see. You have to be close enough. They know the rule. Yeah. And I can see, but some people don't even care about that. Some people like lose their kids. Yeah. And like, oh, he's, oh, I can't find him. I'm like, how the hell did you lose your kid? Yeah. My it- husband and I kind of have conflicting views on that because she think he thinks my daughter is almost old enough to like, here's this, go run off. And I'm like, she's close. She's close, but I don't feel like she's there yet because I've seen some of the people that are at these things. And I'm like, absolutely not. Because it'll be that one time that you're not there that something happens. Someone gets yoked. Now you're on 60 minutes. And it's just like a death spiral. And I don't want to be a part of that. So, And we don't have the same freedoms as a previous generation or two where like if let's just pretend your kid is playing outside and kind of wanders off. Now they'll call child, child protective services. Like, well, where were you? Like, they're just playing outside. I don't know. So you have to be more on your game. Yeah. Or else someone's going to like take a picture of your kid and like send it to them like, this kid just wandering around armature works, <laughs> oh you know? So, um, it's tough. Parenting's tough. I, I, I don't know how my mom did it with five of us running around, but you know, I think they had drank heavily. 
that and and going back to like a social media idea is they were so attached to the current time and where they were minus like watching days of our lives or something like that. They were so into what they were doing because there weren't as many distractions. There wasn't like, you didn't know what you didn't know. Yeah. We have a cutoff now. Like I'm trying to get my husband to be more on board and the same with myself, but even while I'm like at work, I have to, if I don't put my phone down, I could be there and just scroll. And I'm like, you need to keep your job. Let's keep everything sane here. I'll turn on the ringer in case someone blows me up. But other than that, like I have to keep it down. And it's the same thing. Like when the kids get home, you know, I need to be focused on them because I don't want their, somebody brought this up a while back, but I don't want People are like, what are your memories of your parents when you were little? I don't want them to be like, well, you just were looking at your phone. And it, it, like, really, like, I've caught myself doing that. Yeah. And they're, like, asking me questions, and I'm just staring at it, either whether it's an email or, or even just something stupid. I'm like, what am I doing? But it's, if you think about it, it's the, I think, not just social media, but the rate at which we're performing and getting things done and doing things is, like, I just wrote an article on this for... Uh, the industry but like we're working at Mach 2 speed not just to catch up from the pandemic but to try and stay like up to date and relevant with all of our other colleagues and our community and all of this that if you don't set your own personal boundaries or limits or anything like that you're gonna get so caught up in burnout and we're not Lohan like we can't just check in to Betty Ford for exhaustion, like, which I wish, by the way, that's what I wanted for Mother's Day. If anybody ever is like, what do you get Carly? She'd like to be checked into a rehab center for mental health. Ugh, nothing will treat you better than a coma. God bless you. And you get meals, you get your own bed, air conditioning. There's that movie where she talks about, she fantasizes about getting in a car wreck, but not a really bad one, but one bad enough where she has to go to the hospital and sit for two weeks. And it's like, it's like, it's kind of like that. Like I have my own time. Like when do we ever have time? There's a difference though, between thinking about it and me being in my car being like, could I just sideswipe this Pepsi truck and like maybe just break my leg on a Tuesday? Oops. I know that sounds demented, but like strategically I think I've almost got it down so when the perfect scenario hits and I'm in the hospital I want you to text me and just be like you've made it you've done it you've really achieved your goals here Carly oh so proud of you accomplished you accomplished this achievement living life what else did you write down on that list I'm kind of curious now um let me see so I had some just to keep us going oh um oh so I saw this thing on some outlet that there was a death row inmate and for his last meal because for whatever god awful reason we're still honoring that um like they should just be like here's a pop tart and a crystal burger say hi to your maker bye (laughs) but they're still allowing him to do that which whatever he ordered something like i want the largest cheeseburger in the world and i am not kidding you when the picture was like something out of the world's fair from 1958 It was so big, I was just like, okay, so if there's no rules, and it's not just like, your order is not just like, okay, well, I would want a steak from Morton's Steakhouse and this and that. If we're going like freak show and getting a 200-pound cheeseburger and there's no limits, what would your death row meal be? I don't think I'd embellish that much. I feel like I'd want to go something that was sentimental because I'm about to have a jab in my arm and go night-night. So I would be something around pizza. It'd be a like pizza, like straight from New York or something like. Yeah, and then you're just gonna have a chest full of heartburn before you die, which is just gonna make it way worse. Yeah, I I would definitely. I would do that. I would do. Can they drink beer? That was a 200 pound cheeseburger, Dennis. I don't think there's any rules here. Yeah. Well, they never mention alcohol. They always mention food. They usually there's people that have asked for pints before and they've gotten it. Cool. So I would do pizza, beer. Um, maybe a little Caesar salad, you know? Yeah. It'd basically just be like me going to Sally O'Neill's. But, um, pizza, beer, salad. Not even a lot. This is basically like what you eat on the regular. This isn't like fancy. Right. No rules. What what have you been eating in prison? (laughs) Right. So you. Who have you been eating in prison is the actual question. Who's face have you eaten in prison? Yeah. But 
cigarettes is what they've been eating. So you haven't had this pizza. You haven't had said beer. So this would be the best pizza, the best beer, the best everything because you haven't had it in so long because you've been on death row for a, a decade and a half. Yeah. And now you're finally getting, you're getting this like rush of a, of endorphins from all the memories that this remind you of. Um, that would be my approach. Mm. I could give two shits about having a nice steak. I've had nice steaks before, but it'd be more of a nostalgia decision. You're such a good person. You're up. Not so much. I would ask for a ton of crab legs, a Wagyu steak, because I only eat Wagyu when I'm not paying for it. So usually like work with a client. Yeah, we're having the Wagyu. Um, And I would try to push the boundaries to see if there was some type of food or something I could get injected into something that basically kills me at the end of my meal. Oh, so you you control your death. Yes. That's now see that's brilliant and i'd be like i'd eat all this food and then there's something that was like injected or an ingredient that with a chemical reaction i immediately die or something that's how i would finish it off because i'd be like gotcha bitch you're not killing me i'm killing me i'm in control bitch yeah yeah i like that I imagine like- how much trouble the guard would get in do they throw up when they when they get injected, or is that something that only happened when they nuked him with all the electricity? Depends. Because if you threw up, hmm. I mean, you don't your get... Your meal would be pretty gross throwing up. You I don't think. get put down right after you finish, because you're eating in your cell. Then you get walked down, depending on if you are lethal injection, firing squad, which they just brought back in some states. Hell yeah. And the electric chair, depends on like what you have. But you still have time, so you're not going to throw up. Okay, would you rather have lethal injection, firing squad, or um, electric chair? What they used to call the one, old old, old Ben, old Sparky? There was one Sparky, here. Sparky, I Sparky. think. Sparky, yeah. Um, I would probably do lethal injection because it's just like, at that point, it's like Kevorkian style, just assisted suicide. Because yeah. they give you the three doses, one to slow your rate, one to put you to sleep, and then the last one is like to stop your heart. So you basically go to sleep forever. I feel like that's too nice too. I, I, there's some nostalgia. Uh, there's some nostalgia. Speaking of nostalgia, about a firing squad. That's kind of cool. Yeah, but what if they miss? A well, bunch of people hit your legs. You're getting shot a bunch. I wouldn't want that. Well, what if you get shot a bunch and you live? Does that like cancel out the death penalty? I think they bring in the the B team at that point, and they're like, "All right, here's your training. You guys get a go at them." They shoot you with a bunch of like uh, BB guns until you die. Oh my God. You know, it'd be worse the stoning that happens, like still happens, not here. People want to say all this good stuff about religion and they don't realize history. People were literally stoning people over religion. That would probably be horrible. Like, oh, you're a girl and you did this. We think you committed adultery. We're going to stone you. You remember all those people they thought were witches that were burned? Yes. Yeah. You have green eyes? Witch. You you don't agree with what I think, and I have more power than you, which... Yeah, and then they could just make up lies and burn them. I thought that was... Mm-hmm. What a time to be alive. Like, being burnt at the stake, I can't think of... Well, maybe drowning. Drowning would be pretty bad. This episode got dark real fast. Yeah, how do we get out of this? Let me see. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um... But yeah, so I would definitely go with... Uh, firing squad and uh you would go with lethal injection so potato potato yeah but speaking of everything the life the liberty the children um and the year we have not been in the same location because this is our first podcast we've done probably two years in the same location yeah because one of the last ones we did we were talking shit about the pandemic and i edited it out because i was like maybe this is more crazy than we thought and literally right after we did it the world shut down i don't know if you remember that we were joking around about italy being shut down and we're like look at these psychos shutting down an entire country idiots yeah and i, I remember i remember taking it out because i had this weird feeling that maybe i was wrong and it would have been hilarious i mean yeah. i still have it i have it on my hard drive but what a wild ride what a wild ride and we're about to enter midterms which is going to get even crazier thank god Thank God. 
Yeah. Is this going to go south before it's going to go north? No, I'm, I know everything that happens prior to elections and prior to midterms. I'm just hopeful for the actual result of said midterms, hopefully. I mean, I'm hanging on by a thread over here anyway, so. I kind of stopped caring because I realized that it's just smoke and mirrors and, and everyone's in bed with everybody. So I just kind of were like, let's just focus on candles. Can you imagine if there was a job where you could continually just come in and fuck everything up and still get paid six figures, be a horrible person, enact laws that you don't even follow yourself. Or enact laws that make you money because you're invested in companies that you made said laws for. Yeah, you you basically can break the laws because it's insider trading that clearly doesn't apply to you. You can make laws for a state that you're the representative of and not even have to live there. I just think it is amazing that that's where we're at. And that they, now they can control the minds of people by literally being di- like directly in their life via Twitter or the 24-7 news. So they can control a population by just making shit up. And then no one gets in trouble. If it's made up, and we p- can prove it's made up, but it's been made up for years. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, actually, that wasn't right. No one gets in trouble. If Misty, like, if we don't pay our taxes, they screw us up. They mm-hmm. come they come right after us. If a politician deletes millions of emails, no one cares. If we deleted, that was nice. Thanks. If we deleted 10 emails when someone was auditing us, I'd probably be in prison. You know, it's so messed up. Why? I don't, I could not tell you what I ever absorbed from economics class, but you think that we would go through like, what are taxes? How do you do your taxes? Oh, you don't need that. You just have TurboTax. No, 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 no. I need, I need to know though. Like, can you just tell me where to send them? No, here's a form. Wait, well, what if I'm late though? Yeah, you're going to go to jail. Wait, can you just, can you help me? Right. Like, or, or just understanding credit cards or, you know, at this age, you probably are going to be changing and thinking about, I don't know, buying a house, whatever. If you prepped yourself, That'd be amazing. But no, they want you to go to college, go get in extreme amount of debt, learn from people that haven't been in the industry for over a decade. And that seems to be the proper route to take. We were, ta- we were college, talking about before we started. Yeah. About. I think it's going to change. I think the whole paradigm is going to shift. It should. But then what's going to happen with these colleges that have been jacking up all their rates because of guaranteed money? And then they're all going to default on all the stupid shit that they're building. What's going to happen to all those campuses? They're spending a lot of money on these campuses. Like when you go to a campus and it looks nicer than most hotels, yeah, something's not right. You know what I think would be smart for the private colleges is that they dedicate one sector just to like trade schools because eventually if they don't go to a regular trade school or get it at a community, community college, I think private schools would really benefit from having like the best trade schools. Like whatever your passion is, whatever your thing that you want to go do, if you want to go out and start in an industry, we have plumbing, we have crane operator, we have the PS crane operators start off at six figures do you know, have you and ever you heard just of- need your license. I mean, I know it's dangerous, like God bless these people, but six figures. I told my son, I was like, you, yeah, you can work on a crane. Yeah. You make good money. Um, if your son's good at video games, they use like little joysticks. So you, you know, it's kind of a good yeah. skill, you know. Um, have you heard of Harbor Pilots? No. What's that? It's when, so in Tampa, when a cruise ship comes in or one of the tankers comes in, yeah. a boat drives out to them. Yeah. Someone climbs off said boat, uh-huh. climbs onto the big boat, yeah. and drives the boat into the harbor. Big boat valet. And they make insane amount, insane, insane amount of money. Insane sounds better. They make a lot of money, and I want to say they work like a week, a month, or two weeks. I think it's like a high stakes job where it's pressure. But give me pressure for a week or two, and then give me the rest of the month off. Hell yeah. Big boat valet. And I think it's like three hundred grand or so. Stop. I think I we we'll have to Google it. We'll Co- follow comment, up on comment. the next episode because I. 
if would someone easily told, do that. But no, but it's probably not even the easiest job. But if someone even mentioned it, it was a possibility. No one talks about that. It's yeah. Be a lawyer, be a doctor, go to college and figure it out. Instead of being like, you could be a plumber. And by the time you're 28 and you have all the skills and the knowledge of how to do it and you want to turn it into a business and then you start making that a business and next thing you know, you're making a million bucks a year having a team of plumbers underneath you. They make so much money. It's like 160 an hour. But you need, but you need plumbers. Yeah. Like that's why it's so hard now for emergencies. If something like you have a pipe bust or from commercial buildings or even like a residential aspect, like I'm telling you these trades, like they're not working on ACs, mm, HVAC, um, electricians have a lot of work. So we almost demonize those types of jobs in pursuit of more of this scholarly route, you know, again, doctor, lawyer, um, psychologist, that kind of thing. When in reality, probably the majority of the population should be in trades and then you should have the few that actually can use their brains. Like I I, honestly, college for me, I got in, I was like lucky the generation I did. No, no, because after I got in, everything went up and including tuition. So if you had me like looking at tuition, if I actually had to pay because I had Florida prepaid bright futures, but if I had to pay, it's like, where's the, where's the break even? Where's the value other than, you know, I partied, but that's not, you shouldn't. It was a great experience. Yeah. But, but again, moving forward, the paradigm sh- shift of everything. But had I known I, you could start just with a high school diploma or now a GED start at a company and work your way up to gain actual industry experience. Like you can learn math, science, pharmaceuticals, chemistry, all that stuff. But in actual business, depending on where you're going to go, if you don't know how to interact, how to talk to people, you know, Excel formatting for data, data analysis, um, how to quote unquote entertain or talk to somebody about the ROI of like a value proposition, those things you're not going to get in college. It's all through like experience. Had I known that I could have started somewhere and you know what I'm talking about, but I won't mention it. I, I would have for sure gone there before I went to college. Yeah. Imagine how much further we would have been along if we would have just, even if we were just like a runner or like an assistant, but we worked our way up, it would have been uh, amazing. So when everybody's like, Oh, what's your daughter's like? Where's Sunny going next year? Uh, Mary's going to Elon, and then it's like, well, um, Sunny's over at Merrill Lynch, and he's interning right now. They're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, they're already starting to work because it's it's crazy, and it, I get it's all about who you know and you know then the reputation, but. I still feel like it's all changing, like the perspective of things. Remember when things were prestigious? Yeah, things become less prestigious. Again, it's going to sound terrible, but once it's available to everybody. So now college turned into just like a second form of high school. So when you graduate college, like, okay, you graduate college, big whoop. So now you have to get your master's in order to stand out from uh, the competition in a, like a education form. It just doesn't make sense to me. Before, like, yeah. if you went to college, oh, God, you went to college. But then the argument is, like, okay, only people who went to college had money, and it should be accessible for everybody. And I agree. I think education should be accessible to everybody. Well, yeah. College, it, like, that's... I think there's a difference between education and training versus versus college. Yes. Like, if you want to be a doctor, Go to you're going to have to do it. Yeah. If you want to be a lawyer. But you got to be all in. Yeah, a lawyer, an accountant... Uh, but anything else, yeah, I don't think it matters. It, it doesn't. It really doesn't. So, um, you know, two of my brothers have not, quote unquote, graduated. They went to college and they're doing fine. Yeah, they're, I would say, better than average. Yeah. So of like some people that even went to college. Yeah. Or you have the people who go to like Ivy League schools and become librarians making 35 grand a year. First of all, I blame the parents. Who's paying for that? Who? You tell me right now. Because if my daughter was like, I got into Yale, I'd be like, I've never been more proud, first of all, your grades, that's awesome. And if she was like, I'm going to major in sociology, I'd be like, well, you're not fucking going to Yale. 
You can go to community college and major in that if that's what you'd like. I will fully support that decision, but we're not, I will not support. If you're going to go to a good school and want to learn from the best in your specific um, industry or subject, to me, that makes sense. I get it. But if you're not going to make money when you come out of school from a business standpoint, what's the return on investment? If you're going to be a sociology major and not use that, or you can get a job as a social worker and live below the poverty line for what they make, like, why did you spend all that? Like, you're supposed to invest so you have a higher outcome. It just doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. I had someone chew me out who was in art school that I think she was paying 50 or 60 grand a year to go to this art For school. art? Yeah. She chewed me out explaining how what she was doing made more sense than, I was at USF. Like, it was cheaper than my grade school to go to USF. Yeah. Um, that, you know, she was making a great decision because of the education she was getting in art school for 60 grand a year. And she like was confident that she was correct. And I was like, okay. Is she an ar- artist? No. Okay, then she's yeah. she's factually wrong. But that's a lot of people's mentality. That it's better for me to go to an art school than a regular college? Just that the 60 grand a year or the 30, whatever number you want to put on it, is yeah. worth whatever they're doing. Because they don't understand. Because A, they're not paying. And B, they, they're just mind is in la-la land. So that's not uncommon. You know, what's funny though, is you say that their mind is in la la land. To me, that's privilege. And I know everybody brings up or the whole like hot topic was white privilege. I don't think it's just white. Number one, I think that's a whole nother issue, but the issue that you're able to pursue juggling at clown college, which is fairly expensive these days that your parents are paying for that. Like, I'm sorry, what? People are struggling for community college to get like their certification in coding for billing, for being like a, a paralegal, like to actually go into the workforce and to earn a living, to be able to be privileged to do something like that. I'm like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And to be able to put your, your, your judgment in people's faces like you're more important. That's yeah. my issue. Go to college be an artist, do whatever you want. But if you don't understand that, <clears throat> kind of like you said, the ROI of it all, if you don't get that and you just think what you're doing makes sense, yeah, you got to just shrug your shoulders and say, let's just focus on our kids. Okay. Yeah. We're going down another rabbit hole. It's crazy. I think we need to do this more often. It's just so we aren't so depressing. I know. So we're going to get on a schedule. Yeah. We're going to get on a schedule. We're going to, I did bring a, I brought a newspaper today and I was going to like pull one topic out of it, but we're past that. Yeah. Save that for next time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when, when do we, when do we do this again? It's cheaper than therapy. Yeah. I'm, I need to go places, not just physically, but mentally. And I'm going to need financial investment. And so I think this is how we get there. We shall return. Oh, we're going to try to get up to video. Yeah, that's the next goal. Next so. step is YouTube. <laughs> it's happening, guys. <laughs> All right, until then. Yes.